This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash happier. Visit IXL.com slash happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why you might confront a clutter-related conflict in a relationship, and we'll get a happiness hack from my new COO, Anne Mercogliano. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Yes, once again, I am in my home office right here in New York City. And joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I love to clear your clutter. (laughs) That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, as soon as COVID is behind us, you can (laughs) come over and clear away. I love it, too. You know, it's at the top of my list. So, Gretch, we have to mention being from Kansas City, yeah. we're still smarting over the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was kind of a rout. Yeah. Sorry for the Chiefs, but um, hey, they got in two years in a row. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that was really exciting. And our parents were saying that Kansas City was even more fired up this year than last year. Like everything was, wow. you know, lights were red. And so I'm, we're sorry we didn't get to see it. But next year. Yes. And Valentine's Day is coming up. And research shows, and I found this from my own experience, that sweethearts often treat each other with less courtesy than they should have <laughs> friends or even strangers. So to help you develop loving habits, I have created a 30-day relationship challenge. This is for anyone in a romantic relationship, though you might have to adapt some of the challenges if your relationship is long distance or you don't see each other every day. Just wanted to flag that. Once you sign up, you receive a text message to your mobile phone every day with an audio message for me with the day's challenge. If you need to pause it, you can stop and restart at any time. It's available through SMS for U.S. and Canada and through WhatsApp for other countries. 
In it, I suggest a series of concrete single steps for you to try. If that step works for you, you can consider making it a daily habit. And at the end of the 30-day challenge, I hope you and your sweetheart will be experiencing greater happiness and connection. Use promo code FEB2021 to get half off this month at courses.gretchenrubin.com, or you can click the link in the show notes. Gretch, question, do both sweethearts have to participate or can just one? Just one, because, you know, the only person we can change is ourselves. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but my sweetheart, he would not sign up for this. He would not do this. That's That's, not the guy I married. That's Um, exactly why I was wondering, because I'm like, (laughs) I should do this, but Adam won't. But I I think a lot of people, I think there are couples where both people would want to do it. I think that'd be fantastic. But no, this is just designed uh, for a person to do on their own. Okay. And Gretch, we have yet another update. We wanted to share with people the books that made listeners cry. Yes. We asked this as part of our hashtag read 21 in 21. And here's some books. And I have to say, I've read all these books and they all made me cry too. Bambi, Mrs. Mike, Where the Red Fern Grows, oh, I cry at that one every time, and Bridge to Terabithia. Yes, and we should mention these were the first books that made you cry. Oh, yes, yes. What's the first book that you remember making you cry? Yes. So keep those coming. It's Yes, it's It's fascinating. Yeah. Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip in honor of Valentine's Day, it's relationship-related, it is to confront a clutter-related conflict in a relationship. Because if you live with other people or work with other people, there may often be a recurring source of tension related to clutter. This is very, very common. Yes. And I know there's tension in my relationship over clutter. So I'm one of those people. Well, the first thing to point out is that there are differences among people. And that's that's part of what leads to the conflict, which is people are very different in what level of orderliness they need to feel calm and energetic. Some people have a very, very high level of where they feel comfortable and other people not so much. And then some people, like you, Elizabeth, are truly clutter blind. Explain what it is like to be clutter blind. Yeah, I just don't notice clutter. It doesn't bother me. Like when you said, is there anything, you know, that Adam does clutter wise that bothers you? I'm like, no, I don't notice. It doesn't if he wants to leave socks on the floor. I don't care. On my side, I don't recognize it. The problem is he's not clutter blind. Well, and I think not that many people are clutter blind, but when they are, I think the key thing to recognize here is that what we're talking about is preferences. And so sometimes people get very caught up in like, this is the best way, or this is the right way, or I'm right, you're wrong, kind of this is what the best practice is. When in fact, we're talking about preferences. And so it's like, you might prefer it one way and I might prefer it a different way. And so we need, if we're gonna live together or work together, we need to create an environment where we both feel comfortable. That's very different from me saying, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm, Uh, Another way this comes up is with abundance lovers and simplicity lovers. So I'm a simplicity lover and simplicity lovers like bare shelves, empty spaces, not much going on, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of like beautiful emptiness. And then abundance lovers like profusion and choice and buzz and a lot on the walls and a lot going on. And to them, an environment that feels calm and peaceful and like elegantly simple to me, they would say feels stripped and sterile and like a timeshare. Right. And so again, it's not that one is better and one is worse or one creates creativity and one does. It's it's like 
some people like simplicity and some people like abundance. And so it's really a question of preferences. Yeah. So as you're thinking about this conflict, there's two angles. There's something someone else does, like leaves their shoes around or leaves towels on the floor. And then there's something you do right. to them, I guess you would say. Right, right, right. Well, it's interesting because as you're saying, like the the kind of the silver lining of living with someone clutter blind is that nothing that you do will bug them. Yes. So they may be bugging you, but on the other hand, like they're not complaining about you. So that's good. Um, yes. With me, so Jamie and I both like it to be fairly orderly. So we agree on that, but we have different things we do that that annoy each other. And I remember one time, this was back when I was still eating like uh, sugar-free popsicles, which I ate constantly at that mm-hmm. time. And I would leave the sticks around, kind of like I'd be reading and eating a popsicle, and then I would just put the stick like on a coffee table. And then one day, Jamie said to me very nicely, very calmly, kind of this like, oh, I'm just making this observation. He said, you know how you hear about how some people really hate it when somebody leaves the cap off (laughs) the toothpaste? That's how I feel about popsicle sticks. And I was like, okay, message received. And I did a much better job of dealing with my popsicle sticks. Because that was something I did that bothered him. But then there's stuff that he does that bothers me. And so part of it is how do we acknowledge how we could do a better job to make somebody else more comfortable in a space? Yeah. So in the spirit of Valentine's Day, you can ask yourself, what can you do to reduce conflict? Like, can you set up surroundings so it's more convenient to keep things clear? Like add a hook for your coat if someone always leaves their coat, you know, like on the hall floor when they come in. Adding more trash cans, by the way, is always a solution. You're a big fan of adding trash cans. Well, listen, it's interesting because uh, a while back you gave yourself a demerit for having a very messy closet. And you said that it didn't bother you, but it bothered Adam. And several people said, put a door in your closet. And it's sort of like, you don't have to do anything different. You just have to hide it because Adam doesn't care about your messiness as the messiness. He just doesn't like to look at it. So that's a good example of how... Sometimes you can reduce conflict not by changing your behavior, but just by changing the situation or by doing something like putting up a hook that just makes it so much easier for somebody to do something that they're more likely to do it. Like it's the whole classic thing of like you put the bowl on the chest of drawers in the hallway, and then hopefully somebody puts their keys in there. Um, I was also thinking a way to reduce conflict, potentially, this is whimsy, if you could get the person to do it with you is if you swapped peeves. Like if you Mm. said, well, if Jamie said to me, well, my pet peeve is popsicle sticks. And I said, well, my pet peeve is leaving chargers all around the house. Maybe, you know, I'll swap my popsicle sticks for your charger. I don't know if everybody would play along at that, but I do think it, it would be a funny way to bring it up at least. I wonder if I could do that with Adam, but not a clutter thing. Like I'll keep my closet floor clear if you'll like be as concerned as I am about being on time to the airport. Ooh. Because that's my issue. That's your issue. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Float that. Tell us how it goes. Maybe I will. Um, Another thing is uh, about reducing conflict, looking for ways to reduce conflict. Is in episode 52, we talked about the try this at home of asking, what happens if I ignore this? Mm. What if you just decide, you know what? It's fine. I'm just going to decide that it doesn't matter to me. This is something I think with children comes up a lot because it's like, do they need to make their bed or do they need to clean up their room? I mean, maybe they do, but maybe they don't. Mm. 
Maybe you have a lot of conflict with a child that you don't really need to be having. Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel they need to train their kid, right, to make their bed or clean their room. And while it's true you want them to contribute to household, you know, orderliness, you want them to put their dishes in the dishwasher and throw away trash and all that kind of thing. If if you come down too hard, like on the bedroom, it could have the reverse effect. <laughs> yes. And when they're older, they might yes. never make their bed and never pick up their clothes. Yes, yes. And finally, don't tell people how to do their chores, because if you tell them that they're doing it wrong, they will decide, okay, you do it your way. <laughs> Good point. Yes. I have a lot of resources on clutter, so I will post link to my essential clutter clearing collection on my blog. And to one of my favorite posts about the painful facts about shared work, Hmm. Um, I will put them in the show notes. So let us know if you do try this at home and how confronting a clutter-related conflict works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenMoving.com. Or as always, go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 312 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack from Gretchen's COO. And but first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, it is time for a happiness hack. Yes. Now, a while back, as you may remember, I announced that I wanted to hire someone to help me with the business side of my work. And today, Anne Mercogliano is coming on the show to share a hack. 
She is the business school graduate, former management consultant, analytics, growth, marketing, and finance person that I've always <laughs> been wishing I could work with. Um, also, she is an upholder. We are very on trend because Anne lives in San Francisco, and the only time that I've actually met her was years ago when she came to an event. And now we've been working together for months. Yes, I same, Gretch. I'm working yeah. with many people I have not met. I know your whole Fantasy Island team, right? Yeah, well, some of them I knew before, but anyone that I didn't know before, yes. I don't know when I'll ever meet them. We are so of the moment. I'm yes. It's exciting. Hello, Anne. Hi, Anne. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. Yes, and we hear you have a hack, which we love hearing a new hack. So what is your hack? Yes. So this hack is my way of combating uh, streaming fatigue. Mm. So my partner and I sit down, try to think about a date night. Let's find a movie to watch. And I'm sure you guys can relate of you go through multiple streaming services. You know, do I want to watch this? Do I want to watch that? Half hour later, we usually just kind of settle on a TV <laughs> show and go to bed. Yeah. Yes. And so one commitment that we've made is we've discovered as an upside to, you know, the pandemic and not being able to gather together that most film festivals are now streaming ah. essentially all of their new movies online, which has been great for us because, one, we're committing and saying, hey, we don't know that much about this movie. Um, it's exciting that we get to watch something premiere. Two, we're also, you know, putting down our 20 or $30 that essentially there is the ticket. And there's also a dedicated time that it's streaming oh. you know, in one evening or over 24 hours. So we have to watch it. So it's now made date night a little bit more permanent, which is nice. So we know it's coming up. It's something that we can look forward to. And I've just been excited because I used to love to go to, you know, film festivals, not only pre-pandemic, but pre-children. Mm -hmm. um, and now this is just open a world of a variety of different movies that I get to watch in multiple different cities. I've even gotten my daughter in on it. There's a kids film festival that's happening, I think, out of Providence, Rhode Island, coming up next week. And she's loved seeing all the digital shorts on Disney+. Plus. So showing her, hey, here's the next generation of ones that are premiering. She's excited and she's picked two out. So we're going to watch those together as kind of a, a date we've set aside for next Saturday afternoon. So it's more like event watching. Yeah. So it feels more special. And and you're supporting these this, these film festivals. Yes. One advantage of this time is that before they never would have even been online. So now so many more people, in theory, can watch the movies. Yeah. I know someone who was watching Sundance movies with her wife. So it was like exact same thing, the date night watching a Sundance movie. Yeah. Yes. We were able to see two amazing Sundance movies, and I'm also excited that I've always wanted to go to Sundance, and now I can say at least I did from my couch. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> South by Southwest. Yeah, is it's, like, so. it's the new. It's the new way. Excellent. Well, thank you, Anne. It's so great to hear your hack and to have you on board. Onward. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anne. Now let's talk about a four tendencies tip. Yes. Now continuing with this theme of clutter and relationships. Um, now, if you are experiencing a conflict because someone is not doing what you believe is their part in terms of clutter clearing, one thing that can really help is to consider their tendency. And we've talked about the tendencies many times. And if you want to take the quiz to find out your tendency, go to quiz.gretchenrubin.com. And I'll also post a link to kind of an overview if you don't know about the tendencies. But for the purposes of this discussion, we will assume mm -hmm. that people are up to speed with the tendencies. Yes. So, Greg, start with upholders. Yeah. Now, upholders 
do best when expectations are very explicit, when there are kind of clear, agreed upon rules. And so if you feel like someone's an upholder and they're not doing their part, it may be that they've just decided that this is neither an inner nor outer expectation that they feel like they need to observe, and so they don't do it. And so you want to have a conversation and to explain why you think it should be done and come to an agreement about it, because because it, it, it may be that you just have different understandings of what should be expected of a person in a situation. What about questioners? Okay, so here's the thing to remember about questioners. They want reasons, you know, and they don't like anything arbitrary. So if you ask them to do something and your reason is basically because I say so, because (laughs) I want it done, because we have to, these aren't good reasons for questioners. And so if you're going to ask them to do something, kind of explain why it needs to be done and when it needs to be done. Um, Because let's say you say to your sweetheart, hey, listen, we need to clean out the basement this weekend. Your sweetheart could think, why? Right. Why should we clean out the basement? We never use the basement. Why do Mm -hmm. we have to do it this weekend? Why should I listen to you? And if you said, hey, listen, your family's coming over next Saturday. And if we clean out the basement before they come, the kids can play in the basement and the adults can have more, you know, adult time away from like all the cacophony of the children. But we're going to be away on Sunday. So we need to do it this Saturday so that we're ready for when, when your family comes. That is, why are we doing it? Why are we doing it at a particular time? And why do you care? And it's like, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And questioners are interested in efficiency. So if you want to talk to them about like, is there a way we can make this more efficient? They might be very interested in that. They're also usually very interested in fairness, but they do like facts. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like the facts are on your side, you might want to write down what you're doing what your partner is doing, and why you think maybe that should be rejiggered. Typical questioner thing would be, why do we make the bed if we just unmake it every night? I mean, that is a legit it's question. A good question. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that is true. That is yeah. the situation. To give you an illustration of how this plays <laughs> out, I have a friend who's a questioner, and she's married to an upholder. And he said to her, hey, you know, I really want you to keep the kitchen cabinet doors and drawers closed. So let's make a rule that if you come into the kitchen, we'll all close the drawers and doors. And she said, why should I? And he said, well, because I like it that way. And she's like, well, I don't care. And he said, okay, well, why don't you make a rule and I'll make a rule. So I'll make the rule about the doors and the cat and the drawers and you make a rule about something you care about. And she said, I don't want to make rules for you. Like you, you follow your own rules and I'll follow my rules. And I was like, that's exactly a Polder versus Questioner. He's like, let's throw some rules at this. And she's like, well, why should we? So that's how that's funny. And of course, Scratch obligers, you know, we're the ones who need outer accountability. Yes. Now, if you're talking about like a sweetheart relationship, remember that sweethearts often don't make good outer accountability. They're too close. They're too inner. So if it's not working to hold your partner accountable yourself, you might need to find a different kind of accountability. Sometimes charts work, sometimes scheduling work, sometimes like everybody in the household doing chores at the same time. So it's sort of like there's that peer pressure if this is the time when Mm. we clean the house. Thinking about a duty to be a role model, duty to be to the future self. Keeping the house nice for others. I have to say, like, as an upholder, when somebody said, oh, I feel like I have to keep it nice for other people, I'm kind of like, well, you should just do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. But for upholders, that's actually a helpful thing to think about. But here is the thing. 
Obliger Rebellion. Ah, yes. Make sure you are showing appreciation for what the Obliger is doing. Make sure that you are doing your share and you are not free riding off the efforts of the Obliger. Help that Obliger take vacations because this is a place where Obliger Rebellion often kicks in. I've heard from many Obligers like during this pandemic period when they're like, oh, one day I just decided I'm not cooking for you people anymore. Yeah, Um, I have too. And here's something else. Sometimes with the other tendencies, like let's say the obliger is like, no one helps me. And and I say, well, tell the kids to help you. The kids are supposed to help. Make the kids help. It's work to make kids help. It's work yes. to get to nudge and nag kids to do chores that they are supposed to do. That is work. And so to tell the obliger, well, you either have to do the work of nudging and reminding or you have to do the work yourself. That's, you should consider the nudging and nagging to be a chore on its own. Yes, I would I would propose it's more work yes. to get a kid to do something <laughs> than to do it yourself. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Now that you say that, absolutely that's true. And that's yeah. why a lot of times we end up doing stuff. Yes. You know, because you're just like, it's just easier to do it myself. But then in the end, it's just like that's how you that's how you end up with the obliger rebellion right yeah. there. Okay, Gretch, what about rebels? Because you, you could imagine that some rebels just would be like, forget it. I'm not worrying about any sort of clutter. Well, Again, with rebels, you, you want to think about identity, freedom, and choice. So it's their identity. So it might be their identity of like, I'm a hospitable person who loves a beautiful house, and i that's part of my identity. You could think about your identity as like a responsible parent or a reliable partner. Because often, you know, rebels will choose to do something out of love for you. And so you can say like, mm. you know, I know it maybe it seems like a silly thing, but these popsicle sticks are just really, really grating on my nerves. Mm-hmm. And it would really make a big difference to me if you would throw them away. And it's like, okay, well, I could choose to do that out of love for you. But remember the nagging, the reminding, the helpful reminders, this can often set up the spirit of resistance. So you want to be very careful with rebels that you you fit it into the rebel tendency with identity, freedom, choice, love, not you have to, you must, this is the rule. I, you know, I'm telling you, I'm reminding mm-hmm. you because that tends to ignite the spirit of resistance. And then Gretch, one thing just to remember in all of this is that we all deal with negative emotions differently. This is a really, really important point because it comes up a lot with how people feel about clutter. And we've seen this during the pandemic. Like some people, when they get stressed out, they want things to be more orderly. And I think that that's a very upholder thing. Upholders often will comfort themselves by being really leaning into their routines and their expectations for themselves to an upholder. That feels comforting. Whereas to like other tendencies, sometimes it feels more comforting to like, I'm going to loosen things up. I'm going to lighten mm-hmm. my expectations. I'm going to take it easy on myself. And so you could see a situation where one person's trying to manage their anxiety by making everything extremely orderly. And another person's trying to manage their anxiety by kind of like loosening up. And then that would amplify conflict. Yes. Not because of anything having to do with the relationship, but just because it's related to different people's coping strategies. And so once you make that explicit, I think then you can much more easily talk about it rather than feeling like you don't care about what I need or you're always on my case or I don't understand why this is a big deal. That's a very difficult kind of conversation to have calmly. Yeah. It's always good to remember that it's it's not about you. It's usually just about that person. And they're, yeah. they're not doing anything to, <laughs> yeah. per, to try to bother you. They're, they're not going out of their clueless. way to <laughs> Yes. Yes. 
Uh, again, uh, I will post links to a brief description of the four tendencies in the show notes, and you can take the quiz at quiz.gretchenrubin.com. Coming up, I give myself a clutter-related demerit, but first, this break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to nonstick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Okay, it's time for Demerits and Gold Stars. And Elizabeth. Every other week, you're up for a demerit, and this is your week. Yeah, Scratch. It's funny that we are talking so much about clutter this week because my demerit is clutter-related, and it's a small demerit, but I think it's something many people share. If um, The memes I've seen uh, are an <laughs> indication. And it is getting laundry from the laundry room to the closet. So I do my laundry and I should mention like in our house, like I do my laundry and then um, Adam does his laundry and most of Jack's laundry. Sometimes I do Jack's laundry. So I do my laundry, but it's getting it. Well, first there's this issue of from the dryer, you know, up onto the counter above. And then often I'll even fold it over a period of days But then once it's folded, I don't take it back. So it might sit there for three weeks while I, like, remove one T-shirt that I'm going to wear that day, one pair of underwear, one pair of socks. And I don't know why I do this, but it it can take weeks. And it just builds up because, of course, I have to keep doing laundry. So then I'll have another load folded there on the counter or not folded. I sent you a picture of what my laundry room looked like yesterday morning. So my question is, you go and you get the t-shirt, you're on one level. Right. And it's on the, it is on the complete other side of your house. So it's, it's a long walk. 
But do you just go get your t-shirt and then put it on? Or like, do you grab the t-shirt, go back to your room and just, you're like, I can't be bothered to carry the pile with me. That's it. I go back to my room. Often it's like, I'll be getting coffee. I'll grab a t-shirt. I'll carry oh, right. it back and then yeah. I'll get dressed. No, I don't put it on there. I, I, I carry it all the way back. So it would huh. be easy to take a pile. Even, I will say it even sometimes will happen that I'll take a pile back, but then I'll put it on the like chest in my closet rather than on the shelf. So it even, this even extends to my actual closet. But I think once it's in the closet, you should get credit. Well, maybe, except then it can get wrinkled and oh, yeah. that creates all these other problems. Yeah, but that's true. Anyway, the big thing is it'll just sit in my laundry room forever. So I'm hoping, Gretchen, that in giving myself a demerit for this, it will encourage me to do better because when I see that pile of 12 t-shirts, I'll go, you know, let me just take that back. It is funny how articulating the demerit actually does often change my behavior. It You're does. like, what? Why does it matter? Shining a light. It is. It is. Well, report back because I'll be very okay. curious to know if the demerit spurs you into action. And if you're wondering, yes, uh, Adam would be very happy if I started <laughs> yeah. taking my clothes back in a timely manner. Okay, Gretch, what about you? What is your gold star this week? Well, I want to give a podcast-related gold star to The Greater Podcast. And I have to say, this is a podcast that my husband, Jamie, is doing with Cheryl Efron, his friend and my friend. And this is a great podcast if you're kind of the, the wonky sort. So yes. this is, they are both deep into kind of like metropolitan policy and cities and the issues facing cities, New York City in, in, in our case. And so this is conversations that they have with leaders in the public, private, and nonprofit sector about working together to make New York City greater. That's why it's called Greater. And this is really fascinating. So they're talking to people who are fa facing, I mean, and I say this as somebody who's like, I have no professional involvement in this, but it's just interesting about what are the challenges, especially now, that cities are facing? How are the smartest people thinking about it and tackling it? It's just really, really interesting to listen to. I will say if you're looking for it, there are many podcasts that kind of have the name Greater. So you might have to look for like, you might have to poke around a little bit. For, it's greater with Jamie Rubin and Cheryl Efron is the one that yes. I And it's got a New York City skyline in its, yes. in its uh, art. So yeah, and um, what's interesting is just because it's about New York doesn't mean it wouldn't apply to your city as well. No, no, absolutely not. Because a lot of it is exact. Everybody's facing their own yes. version of exactly the same thing. And I think part of what people like is that people across the country and across the world are always looking to other cities as models. Like yes. Jamie's always talking about, oh, well, Tulsa's doing this or this is what yeah. San Francisco is doing. They spend a lot of time trying to learn from what other cities have tried as a way to try to figure out, well, what what should other cities do? Yes. Check so out start. Jamie's pod. He's never been on our podcast, no. but he has his own. <laughs> I know. Yes, if you want to know what his voice sounds like, That's this right. is your chance. The resources for this week, if you want to win a signed personalized copy of my Happiness Project coloring book for a little bit of whimsy in February, you can enter by following me on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, like the giveaway post and comment on the post tagging three friends. And if you win, I will send you a signed personalized copy. This is only open to U.S. people, alas, because of mailing costs. So sorry about that. And again, if you are looking for ideas to boost connection and fun in a romantic relationship, join my 30-day relationship challenge where you will every day get a text message to your phone with an audio message for me with the day's challenge. Use the promo code FEB2021 to get half off this month 
at courses.gretchenrubin.com or you can click the link in the show notes. And Gretch, finally, what are we reading? I am reading Warlight by Michael Ondaatje, which is a book mom gave me, I think, two years ago and went in the pile. <laughs> so mom, I'm finally reading Warlight. You're working through your pile, yes. as promised. What are you reading? I am reading a book called The Watsons Go to Birmingham, 1963 by Christopher Paul Curtis. This was chosen by one of my children's literature reading groups. And I've been it's been on my list forever, so I was really excited to actually check it out of the library and get it. So everyone, keep reading 21 and 21. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Confront a clutter-related conflict. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks to our guest, Anne Mercagliano. Welcome aboard, Anne. Yes. Thanks to our producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and give us a rating in your favorite podcasting app. Those ratings really do matter. We appreciate it if you take the time to rate and review. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. So Gretchen, you always want to celebrate a minor holiday. Are you celebrating Valentine's Day with like red peanut butter? Yes. Yeah, no, you know, I'm all about the food dye. It's going to be pink milk and red peanut butter and uh, toast cut into heart shapes and my the like heart-shaped paper plates I drag out every year. I made a note on my calendar. Nice. From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.